Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a special edition of the East Coast Bros Podcast. Tonight, we got a special guest, Jay Rodney from Sons of the Hunt Podcast. And Ben, why don't you go ahead and give us a little more information about Jay? Welcome, Jay. Well, welcome, thanks, Jay. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks thanks for being on our show. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. Jay, I've, I've, I personally know for about 23 years now. Um, I lived in his basement for a little while. <laughs> uh, those were those were fun times. Um, not nearly as creepy as it sounds. No, 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 no. It's not really. It was a good time actually. But anyway, uh, he's a great guy. We worked together. We actually met um, at a cook's job up at Damon's restaurant, known for their ribs. Um, I was a prep chef or a prep cook, whatever. No, no, I'm sorry. I started off as a dishwasher and Jay was a line cook and I went back to be a prep cook. And then, but we all met from there and our relationship just established from there. And I became good friends with him, his brother, his brother, Jason, and also his cousin, Nick. So we have, we have a history and it's pretty awesome. Indeed. Yeah. So, so Jay, so Jay, introduce yourself. Talk a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do and all that good stuff. Yeah. So my name's Jay Rodney. Um, yeah, I've known these guys for a minute. I've known Nate just about as long as I've known Ben. Uh, just meeting Matt today for the first time. So uh, just wanted to say, Matt, hey, uh, uh, thank you for your service. Uh, well, I know thanks. you're a longtime serviceman. So on behalf of my my family and, uh, you know, Matt and I, or Mark, and I see you just got, you got me going. I just called Mark Matt. So that might happen <laughs> throughout the night. So as long as our wives aren't involved in the name mis mismanagement, we're all right. Well, like I told um, you before, like I said before, Jay, my wife calls me Ben all the time. So no, big deal. no problem, man. No worries. So, you know, I, uh, we've been doing a, a podcast, my buddy, Mark Missouri and I have been doing a podcast called sons of the hunt for, uh, this is our, our fourth season now. Mm. So, uh, you know, when Ben and I have been trying to make this happen for a minute, but, uh, schedules are challenging. You know, they're a little right. tough. So it just happened to work out that we can get together tonight and have a, have a conversation and, uh, it, it works out great. I mean, I get excited about these types of things because it gets me in, in front of a different audience, you know, Mark right. and I are, you know, we, we've been in a few different you know positions where we can get into a different audience. You know, like when we do what we do, we're in front of mainly an outdoorsy type audience, you know, so it's real easy to preach to the choir. You know what I mean? When you're mm. talking about the outdoors and you're trying to, you know, put a, a good spin, a positive spin on, on what we do, it's easy to do that to other outdoorsmen. So to get out of that echo chamber a little bit and get in front of people who may not have a, a, a good understanding or a, a misconception about, you know, what it is we do and why we do it is a great opportunity for, for you know, all of us. So thank you very much again for, for having me on. It's it's gonna be a good time, man. Look, looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's definitely our pleasure to have you on, Jay. Let me tell you that right now. And and Thank I you. have to say, Jay, I, I I mean, you've known Nate and Ben that long, and you actually were willing to come on the podcast. So I know, says right? a lot, man. That says a lot. Well, it doesn't say much for my character. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah. Hey, hey, Jay, I got a good story, uh, and I just want to I just want to go back a little bit uh, yeah, on our his on our history together. Um, we had this friend and I wish I still kept, well, Jay, you, you had this friend and I wish I kept in contact with him because he, he was a great guy, outdoors, man. He knew every back road in the damn city in the yep. country and everywhere. 
He had a book about back roads where you cannot find in any regular map. Well, Frankie. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still speak with him? Not necessarily. I mean, every once in a blue moon, we still talk. Um, you know, our, our paths took different directions about maybe 10 years ago, maybe a little, maybe eight, eight nine years ago. Uh, right. I mean, we're still friends, but, uh, you know, life gets busy. You know what I yeah. mean? And you have yeah. to start to, to pick and choose where you focus your time. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got three boys now and full-time job trying to start side businesses, doing a podcast, maintaining a home. It's, it's a lot, you know, so right. we just, uh, we're still, we're still friends, but I just don't see him too much anymore. But uh, I'll right. tell you, a lot right. of what I do, I attribute to him. You know what I mean? He taught me a tremendous amount yeah. about the outdoors, um, about hunting, you know, uh, his old man, uh, pardon me, took me under his wing because, you know, I, I lost my father young, so I didn't get a chance to spend a lot of time in the outdoors with my dad. Right. So, right. you know, my grandfather introduced me to the outdoors when I was a kid. And then uh, I ended up losing him when I was like 17 or 18. So, um, right. you know, if, if I didn't love what I do as much as I do, I, I never would have pursued it, you know? So right. it, I just, I just fell in love with the outdoors and, and at any cost, I was going to get out there, you know? So right. um, his dad was the big outdoorsman. So they used to take me out for first day of trout with them. He kind of adopted me, so to speak, as my outdoor dad, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so, but you know, Frank grew up in that environment where he was constantly uh, had access to the outdoors and all types of information. So you know, I learned a tremendous amount from that guy. So I, I, right. I can't thank him enough for, for what I've been able to you know, attain from him. Right. So, <laughs> so Frank, uh, he had the, like I said, he had this roadmap and yeah, you Atlas, can find, yeah. yeah, where you can find any back road, anything. And um, so I'm not going to say the lake name. So we had this certain I lake. I know where you're going. Which, yeah, where I never heard of this lake before. And I've been there many times after, but I never heard of this lake before. And and Frank says, well, I know this road. I can find this road that goes up behind this said lake. And we can walk down because it's a lake. It's private. Yeah. And, and uh, we can walk down behind this lake with our rods and we can fish and we'll catch some big bass well sure enough frank brings us up there and we we would use what would we use jay poppers poppers yeah top water yeah top water poppers yeah just put it out there these fish would hit you would hear smack and you oh <laughs> uh, it was it was the bet and in the morning time we would switch the jitterbugs on the dam stroll in and hey bam yep Yep, oh yep. god and and i i'll never forget that because because those were the biggest fish i've ever caught at an early age and that's when i started getting into fishing actually frank's the one who got you and frank are the ones who started getting me into fishing yeah and now yeah. i'm an avid fisherman now sure. i go out every year i have a boat now i got a trailer like i i'm all about it now that's it. You know, it, it's, it's a good time. And I mean, we used to do a lot of that stuff and, you know, fishing at night, you have to rely more on your ears than you do your eyes when you're doing yep. that type of fishing. Exactly. Exactly. So it just adds to the excitement. You know, I've had, right. it where, you know, they'll hit it, you know, 10 feet off the bank and scared a bejesus out of you. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 But you know, yeah, no, he was a good dude, man. He, uh, he, he helped a lot of people get in the outdoors. He, he was a little 
he was a bit of a tough pill to swallow at times for sure. But, uh, you know, he was all, all around good dude. And, you know, like I said, I attribute a lot of what I've learned in the outdoors to uh, my time with him, you know, right, but yeah, right. good memories, man. Good times. I, I know exactly where you were going with that. As soon as yeah, you start talking it, about it. But it was, it was like a, it was like a spoof, like uh, where he, where I was invited. It was just happened to come where, Hey, Ben, you want to come with us tonight? And yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, Cause like I said, I, I wasn't a fisherman yet. Right. And I was kind of like on the side. I was like, yeah, you know what, guys, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out with you. And yeah, I happened yeah. to go and it was the best. Every time we went, like, like you got, like, I'm not kidding, Matt. But I'm telling you, like, we're, I, I, I remember I caught a, I think it was probably like a three or four pound smallie. Or no, I'm sorry, a largey. Having it behind my back, going up to, I think it was Frankie or Jay. One of them I was going up to thinking I'm going to show them this huge ass fish. So I have it behind my back so they can't see it. And I'm like, yo, look what I got. Like thinking I'm like, you know, like this big shit because <laughs> I have this three pounder. Well, I can't remember if it was you or 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 Frankie. He's yeah, like, oh yeah, Frank. look what I got. <laughs> Dude, this thing was it was had to be had to be six pounds. Wow. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. I'll never forget those times. Never. Uh, yep. That was a great spot. It's still a good spot, but you know, it, you got to sneak onto private land to do it. So I don't, I got too much to lose now, so I don't mess with it. Anymore. No, I hear you. I yeah. hear you. you know, yeah. it's, but it's, you know, it was good times. I mean, we were a little bit, uh, maybe a, a little looser with our morals back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. Matt, Matt, to give you an idea of the, the, the lake I'm talking about, I'm not saying the name, but the lake I'm talking about, do you remember the later retreats? Yes. All right. You remember late that lake? Yes that's like i'm talking about okay nice yeah nice place yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so so ben what you're, what you're telling us with this the moral of the story is is that basically that like the davis curse that somebody else had something bigger than you as always so oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much it so, so always somebody's yeah. always somebody's always bigger than us oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 i know i know it's a little late and and you have to kind of tell me when it actually happened but i want to congratulate you and mark um, on the fact that you guys won best local podcaster, um, is that Northeastern PA or is it? Particular yeah, it's, area? Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, Northeast PA uh, best, best podcast. Yep. Uh, second year we, we were yes. able to kind of come home with it, which is pretty cool. I mean, yeah. I, I gotta say, you know, and we were the only outdoor podcast in the running. It was all, all, everything from rock 107 to yes. Joe Snedeker. There was a lot of big names that were out there that we were wow. up oh, against yeah. and it was, you know, last year um we didn't even know we were a part of it somebody else let us know like hey did you guys know that this is going on we we're like i had no idea huh. and it just kind of took off from there and, and it worked out and we're pretty blessed in that regard um you know for something that's a little bit out of the the mainstream the outdoors right. you know it can yep. be perceived as that for sure um to to be able to have an honor like that so yeah it's pretty cool man so so two years hopefully maybe we'll shoot for the hat trick we'll see <laughs> yeah well wow. Well, I'll tell you Congrats. this, like, like Ben said, yeah, I've been watching the podcast for a little while. And ever, ever since Ben even told me about you a while back, cause I was interested in it. And um, I want to say that to people out there that first of all, your podcast is, is unbelievable. What you guys do is unreal. Um, is, the the videos, the, the, I just can't explain it. It's, it's like the creme of the creme. And I can understand why you guys won that. And I can, you guys should continue winning it because it's unbelievable the work you put into all that. I, I just right. tell you, 
Um, and, and I'll tell you one thing right now, uh, that one of my favorites is the one that Mark did that uh, the, um, in 2019, for these reasons, and, and why do yes. I hunt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I got to tell you, Jay, if, if I, I know you know Ben and Nate and all, but I, I don't know how much you know. When we were growing up, there was no there was no outdoors for us. Like, like yeah. today I'm, I'm 52 years old and I can't, I can't stand camping outside. Okay. I'm not that person. I, I like to fish, I golf and stuff like that, but I'm not a yeah, big yeah. camping guy. We never had, we were never ever um, attributed to the or, or given that type of um, life at all. It, it just didn't happen. Um, and so it warms my heart to hear that, as you had mentioned that your grandfather got you involved in this. And he seems like he was like your hunting mentor. Um, right. got you with this and, and, and I'm, you know, I'm sorry to hear about your dad and your grandpa losing him so young. Um, I was 18 when my grandfather passed away, uh, mm -hmm. as well. Uh, so I get it, you know, I, it's kind of tough. It's, you know, and, and I looked up to my grandfather, but we didn't have that relationship like you guys did, which is really cool. Uh, that's, that's really good. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And, 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 and Jay, you're now you are from Pennsylvania all the time, right? <laughs> like, all much, yeah. here, right? Pretty much. I mean, I, I moved around a little bit as a kid. Uh, I spent some time on the West Coast uh, when I was like 19, 20, that, that time, that area. Actually, I think it was right before I met Ben and Nate. Uh, I had just moved back from, uh, from Los Angeles. Wow. Uh, so I was out there for a little bit. But uh, yeah, it was a different place back then. You know, back in the 90s, LA was a really cool place. Now you yeah. can pay me to live there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Well, but right, uh, right. yeah, yeah, that was, it's about basically, basically PA most of my life. Yeah. 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 And I left there about yeah. what, Ben? I think I joined the Navy. I was 20 when I, I left late. I joined the Navy late. I was 20. So uh, after I after worked in a factory for on on, um, uh, on that road down there on that main road bend, Kaiser Avenue. It's uh, Jay, it's uh, Azac now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I used yeah. to work. Yeah. Yeah, it was Animastat back then. It was called, it was an air conditioning place. And I used to work there uh, spray yeah. painting the, the ducks and stuff like that. And then I got sick of that life. And I said, I got to do something with myself. And then I went down to the recruiting station the next day. But, and that's what happened with me. But, um, and then it's been, it was a blessing the four years and got out. And now I'm doing all kind of other stuff. But Jay, but it's um uh Jay, let me ask you now i i didn't didn't get a hint from the podcast listening to because you had mentioned about your pa life but is mark also a a, a pa person to his whole life or is he or yep. was he uh he was too yeah born born cool. in pa living nice. in pa born and bred pa guy you know nice, nice he's nice. he's a he's a, a solid solid guy you know I, we actually met through the internet like it's you know it's it's crazy how times have changed you know what i mean where yeah, you, you, I never would have thought that I'd, I'd develop a relationship with somebody that I met online that wasn't like, you know, a paid person, in mm -hmm. air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, uh, no, but I mean, you know, we, we were years ago, I, I was really into the outdoors and I started a, a little Facebook page and it started writing uh, outdoor writing and stuff, started submitting articles out to anyone who would take it. And um, Mark was part of a group called PA Bowhunting. And it was about, it was about five or six of us uh, that were involved in this group, but they invited me to join their, their team. And we did a lot of stuff with basically bow hunting and it was more geared around your standard outdoor stuff, uh, you know, articles and videos and you know, different contests, you know, any kind of uh, social media stuff. Um, and Mark and I were the only ones who really lived close to each other. So uh, we ended up meeting for the first time at a Chris Cornell concert years ago we, oh. went, we both ended up going to a, the same concert and i'm like hey man we're going to this concert why don't we meet up and grab a beer and that's what we did and uh from there it just kind of we we're like kept in, in contact and uh he started sons of the hunt 
uh, probably, I think it was 2014. He started sons of the hunt. Uh-huh. And then uh, he decided, you know what? I think I need to get some more content out there. So I'm going to start a podcast. So that's kind of how the, the podcast was born is uh, I was, you know, we already had a relationship and uh, he's like, Hey, listen, wh- why don't you come up and do the first episode? You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to do this podcast. I'm going to have all these different people on. He's like, you know, I'm just trying to figure this out. Why don't you come up and do the first episode? So that's what I did. We sat down and we had a great conversation. And uh, he's like, man, we should do more of these. And he's like, you want to come for the next one? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll do the second one. And it just kind of third and fourth. And then we just stuck with it. Nice. Um, all right. Nice. And, and here we are. We just gelled right out of the gate, you know? So he's not- a really solid guy. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of envy you that you get you see it. You saw Chris Chris Cornell live. Yeah, I saw him in basically every um, s- stage of Chris Cornell. I saw him in Soundgarden. I saw him on his uh, his solo career, and I saw yeah. him in Audio Slave. And I've never seen him, and I I'm sad because he's gone now. And yeah, I love yeah, the guy. Hmm. He has a a voice like no other. Like yeah, no other. Yep, that's it. It was a that was that was a hard one, man. You know, I we a lot of people lost, you know, fans of you know or stars, if you will, or people who've influenced them in some way, shape, or form. But right, you no, know, that was a that was a tough one, man. That was that a tough was one a, for me. That was a tough one. You know, he geez, I mean, I I'm 45, so you know, the early 90s was the soundtrack of my youth, you know what it, I mean? So, exactly. I, you know, I, me too. I'm 40, I'm your age. I'm the same yeah. thing, same thing. Early 90s was my thing. That's well, it, you know so. that. Well, you know yeah, that when we were hanging out together, we were we, we were listening to the same music. We loved all the same music. You know that. That's it. Yeah, my my goodness. I think we wore out a couple of Rage Against the Machine albums. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I think I think it was your cousin Nick who got me really going with Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, but, yeah. But a lot of Pearl Jam and Pearl Jam. You can't go wrong with them. Yeah, um, all of I, it, man. I, yeah, I love Scott McCready. He's he's great. Um, one of my finer guitarists. Oh, I just love listening to him. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. Well, but, this is know, that, so here we are. You know, we're, yeah. we're doing it. This is our fourth season now, and it's it's really taken off. We've had a, we've been blessed with a lot of success with it. It doesn't come without hard work, um, but you know, it's it pays off. You know, uh, right. just keeping at it. Well, yeah, and that's what I was gonna. I was gonna ask you, Jay. Like, how do you like? You guys seem like you have a lot going on. Now, and as you mentioned, you, you know, you have kids. Uh, uh, we have kids too. We understand all that. You, um, you know, um, um, family. Everybody has family, and you have your job that you're dealing with. And you know, you, you have your yeah. job. And as you mentioned, third shift, which is tough. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the reasons why Nate's not here because he has to work third shift, and today's his Monday, uh, right. so it's hard to get them on here. So, so uh, you know, how, how does that? How how do you guys juggle? The podcast, because again, there's a lot that you guys do. Your podcast is is exceptional. It's thank you. I, I don't know how to explain it. How how I have not seen a podcast as good as you guys. Or, oh, or it's great. how it is. How do you guys juggle that, Jay? How do you guys juggle your life and be able to fit that in? Honestly, um, we have exceptional wives. Yeah, honestly, yeah. that's. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I, I cannot overstate that enough. Uh, my wife is amazing. Not only is she is she super cool, but she's smoking. Let me tell you, I'm a, <laughs> yeah, I'm a lucky she, man. She, yeah, she. <laughs> I've met her. She is a great woman. She is. No, you she is. Bl- she's awesome. Jay, she, yeah, Jess, Jay, you're blessed, buddy. You're blessed. Mm. 
no, I, I know it. I know it. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I try not to take it for granted, you know, but I mean, she sees the potential in what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, she sees the passion that I've had for this, you know, like a lot of people, she grew up not in a hunting family. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, right. for, right. for Pennsylvania being, I think it's, it's definitely top three, if not the second or third largest hunting state in the country, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of people. There's almost a line in the sand where you have on one side, people who are all in and on the right side, it's people who have never been exposed. Yep. So it's right. a really uh, unique dynamic in, in, in the, the way it is here in this state, you know, and, and like a lot of people, you know, the, the Monday after Thanksgiving, you know, you come home from school and there's deer hanging off of people's back porches yeah. or in the yeah. tree in the backyard. And, yeah. and it, I mean, honestly, it could be a little traumatic for a lot of people who see that, who are not exposed to the whole picture. You know, that's a snippet of, of the whole dynamic of, of the outdoors. But when that's all you're exposed to, it can be a little shocking. So right. that was kind of her perspective of it when when we met she was like yeah i'm definitely not into it but i get that you do it and that's cool but i'm it's just not my thing and as we developed our relationship she started to really see a different side of it you know she started to see my side of it and my perspective and and how i approached it and you know uh the respect that i had for the animal the respect for the the heritage the whole thing and it really kind of changed her views on it big time so she understands it a lot more than the average non-hunter for sure. Um, but she also sees the amount of work we put into it, the amount of potential that this could provide for us as a family, because um, we're really trying to build this into something special. And it, it, we've made a lot of sacrifices in the process, but mm. you know, it, it, we have a very distinct vision as to where we want this to go. And, and it's, we're getting closer and closer, but understanding that there's it, it's it's not a sprint it's a marathon you know what mm-hmm. i mean to get where right. you want to go um this stuff doesn't happen overnight so if you're doing it to make a couple bucks this is definitely not the way to go yeah 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 i mean when you have a, a passion for it and, and you enjoy it uh and you have a gift for gab uh you know what i mean and you and you just want to just you guys for your just to be have time with your family with your brothers i mean doing it just for that should be if that's enough to keep you guys motivated with it that's all you really need and as it progresses and as it builds well good things can come man you know good things can come you know you you just stick to your guns you do what you do Uh, i think i was listening to the one episode you guys did and there was an email about you know some guy was kind of giving you guys a little bit of flack over or something you know giving you a little bit of a critique and and you know you you have to be okay with that you got to take that kind of stuff and you guys did a great job absorbing that but you know but that's it you know you do it for what you want to do you put out there what you want to put out you're not going to please all the people all the time you know and lord knows we know that because we've we've had some blowback quite a bit Mm. um you know because it's a very polarizing topic hunting so, you know, putting yourself out there in, in that type of situation can be challenging. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we, we do it with a smile on our face because we understand what, what kind of impact we can have on the overall nature of, of hunting and the outdoors and, and the perception of it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Jay, I, I, um, so, uh, quickly, and then I, I, you're leading me into my next segment here, a question, but I do want to say that I was, I was much like your wife. So for instance, 
when we moved from Scranton, so we lived on West Side in Scranton as kids, and when we moved uh, to Jessup, where where um, Ben is at now, we uh, I I remember I used to I was in high school, so I was a, a fresh a sophomore in high school, and I got a job working down kind of downtown Jessup, so I had a little bit of a walk, about a mile walk or so to my job. So the first day I'm going out to my job, I'm walking down and all of a sudden it was like one of those movies. I'm walking out and I look around, I see, wait a minute, is that something hanging? Is that a deer hanging from that guy's porch? Wait a minute, what the hell is that? About a... <laughs> and it was like one of those movies was like, ur, 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 ur. like, I was like, what's going on here? What did I move into? But yeah, so yeah. I hear what you're saying about that, Jay, that it was a, it was kind of a culture shock to me. I never saw that before. And yeah. Yeah. Sudden, every porch had a deer hanging. And yeah. it, so it was, yeah. So you're right. Yeah, you're right. In Scranton, you didn't see that. No, not where no. we live. Not where we live. No. no, no. I mean, we saw other things getting killed where we live in Scranton, but we didn't yeah. see that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. We didn't see yeah. that. Right. Yeah, and, and that's it. I mean, for as little as you've been exposed to that, the people who were hanging deer on their back porch and in a tree in their yard, that's all they were ever exposed yes. to. So to them. Right. That's normal. That's, right. you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, but so right. it's hard. It's hard to step out of that box or that perspective and try to see it from someone else's side. Right. Um, when you don't even really know there's another side. I mean, right. maybe that's not the right way to say that, but it, it's, it's hard to wrap your head around another perspective when this is all that you've known. Yes. Um, right. So it, it, what that's what we are trying to do is bridge that gap a little bit um, between the the heritage and the tradition of hunting and the curiosity of people who've never been exposed to it or mm. even the people who are anti-hunters who just don't know enough about it they mm -hmm. only seen the bad they've only seen a dead deer hanging from a porch you right. know what i mean and right. that's the only exposure they have to hunting well that's 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 a tough pill right there yeah so right we, yes we're trying to expand out and get in front of those people to say listen throw questions at me like this is what we do and there's a lot that comes along with the process because the death of an animal is a, a minute fraction of what we do right so pulling right. pulling the trigger letting an arrow fly that's a very very small fraction yeah. of the whole process and there's it's such a a, a rabbit hole man like but it, it it's something that everyone should at least understand a little bit before they formulate such an opinion that could impact the way things go. And I mean, people who are like, we need to stop hunting. They have no idea what that would do to yeah. stop hunting. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh. the repercussions. Oh yeah. So I mean, it's just, we, we're trying to get out in front of people who are not hunters. I mean, listen, we, we, we lean on the hunting community for, I mean, we would never want best podcast if we didn't have a good group of, of people who are into what we do and share our love and our passion. Um, but a large percentage of the people who do listen to us, I, I'd say a pretty, not a large, but a good chunk of the people who listen to us aren't hunters, mm. but they love craft right. beer. They love cooking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They yeah. love videos. You know, they love podcasts. So, you know, we kind of tapped into a, a, a segment of, of the, the, the population that we wouldn't have otherwise had an opportunity to get in front of because of the different 
directions we've taken with like, like I said, the craft beer and we're big into food. You know, I still cook a lot. You know, Ben mentioned we, we met in a restaurant, you know, yeah. I spent yeah. 20 years of my life in, in, in restaurants, cooking and learning and, and that type of thing. So to transition that aspect into the wild game part, I mean, it's huge. I mean, the quickest way to some people's hearts is through their stomach. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, well, again, me not being a hunter, Although I've always uh, I've always advocated for hunting because as you said, Jay, there's repercussions and one of the big repercussions I would try to tell people is overpopulation. I mean, you people are dying, you know, deers. Guess what? They reproduce. And guess what? If you're not keeping that under control in a civilized way, which is hunting. Then what mm-hmm. are you going to do to them? You're going to poison them. So what do you do? There's an uncivilized right. way to do that, right? And you sure. guys, and and so that's the one big thing. And you, or you have like I had a couple weeks ago where I hit a deer. I mean, so it, these are things that happen. So, you know, um, um, and that's why I I've always been an advocate for hunting, even though people that I know that don't give a hard time about it, which kind of leads me into my next thing, Jay. That I want to say first of all that what I like about your guys' podcast is that you guys advocate for hunting but you guys aren't just doing that you guys are teaching people as well and your conservationism as well of what you guys do is fantastic and it's letting people out there know like you said jay that you know there's there's more to this than just a deer hanging from a porch uh Absolutely. there's more to this than just pulling the trigger that five second death if you want to say i, I don't maybe i'm saying it wrong forgive me but that, no no you're, you're that, good that that, that Again, that that is more to it than that, and and you guys are showing the. Are you guys? I learned a lot in the last few weeks watching your podcast about hunting, and you guys have a fan here for life. I will, I, I love it, and you guys are great. Thank you. Uh, and uh, I hope that we'll be able to bring other people on. I've got people up here that I know that are hunters, and I'm going to definitely be. I've already told them about you guys already. I got a I got a, a friend that goes down to North Carolina. They hunt down there, um, and uh, he's big time. So uh, he knows. I told him about you guys, and he thinks it's great. So again, thank you for that. Um, and I want to say real quick, Jay, I talked about earlier was you guys had a guest on your show um, uh, last uh, recently, um, uh, Chef um, Hunter, Michael Hunter. And yes. he has, right, and he has a cookbook out. Um, that's, his, that's his cookbook. And it's a uh, hunt, fish and forage and over 100 recipes that he had. And I want to say to folks out there that, that podcast was recently, you should listen to it. Because it's really, really good. But one of the things that took me was the fact that, uh, oh, oh, sorry, guys, we got to uh, 10 minutes here before this runs out. Yeah, we're good. So, we're good. So one thing that um, I loved about I loved about your guys, uh, sh- what you talked about with him was you guys talked about, you talked about earlier too, was your respect for animals. Uh, I think it was, was it you, Jay? I think that said that you guys were talking about, you and Mark were talking about celebrity hunting and at one of your episodes, and I don't know if it was you that said it, that said that you were watching some guy and he basically went up to the deer after he killed it and kicked it in the head and you were like, I was done with that after that. Was that yeah. you, Jay, that said that? That was you, Yeah, right? that, that was, yeah. And, and, I res- and Jay, I, I respected that. I mean, I, I, right away, I, I said, I, I like this guy. I, I, I like this guy. So, uh, and that was just awesome because uh, I think they have to respect for that, for that, for the animal is, is what it's all about as well. It's a circle of life and, and, and that you guys are part of that circle of life. But the fact that you guys respect the animal is not just a kill and that's it. You guys do everything with that. With the with the with the well, animal as well, uh, I hear you're a great chili cooker. Apparently, you you, you cook chili. You're like your chili's oh one of the best, right? <laughs> well, so I've been told. So I've yeah. been told. Yeah. So hopefully, I'll get some <laughs> of that. But 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 Jay, and one of the things about this um uh, this interview with with the chef Hunter was that apparently he was harassed for over a year from vegans. That it's, there's a news article. I'm actually going to put it on the um on our Facebook later. But uh, he was harassed uh, uh, about that and and. And this is happening more and more today. Uh, you know, I'm sure you and Mark, like you said, 
you guys, you know, you guys will probably always have somebody that's always negative about what you do. Um, stuff sure. like that. H- has that, have you found that in the last year with this, with this cancel culture that's going on and, and things that are getting worse, is it getting worse for you guys or has it always been bad for you guys? You know, dealing with that? You, you know, it, it really, we really haven't had that many issues. And to be perfectly honest, the, the most of the issues we have had were with other hunters. Oh, wow. Oh, really? Um, yeah. The, the, the hunting community is a very, uh, it's hard to put a word to it, but uh, they're a very dug in crowd. All right. So uh, there's a lot of infighting in the hunting community uh, where, you know, this guy uses a crossbow. Well, I'm better than that guy because I use a compound bow. Well, I'm better than you because I use a recurve. Well, I'm better than you because I throw rocks at animals. You know, like, it's like, (laughs) what's more challenging? What's harder? Are you cheating? Are you taking the easy way out? Um, You know, somebody put a picture of a deer that they harvested and and they're super proud of it. They put a picture of themselves up holding it and you'll have 20 guys say, ah, you should have given him another year. He's too young. You shouldn't like, so we get a lot of that. You know what I mean? Mm. We've had uh, a couple of large groups come after us because um, we called them out on some of their bullshit. Mm. Uh, But there's a lot of that in any genre. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, I mean, as far as the the vegan community, I mean, with with Chef Michael Hutter uh, went through was awful yeah um you know mm. it just so, just so happened like they long story short they had like a little a-frame sign they kept out in front of their restaurant and and, and their restaurant leans on game game meat okay I, I hesitate to say wild game because technically it's not legal to sell wild game in restaurants so right. but it was like farm-raised venison uh duck um you know wildish hog you know pig that kind of stuff so they leaned more into the wild game style food um, and somebody had written on the A-frame, uh, venison is the new kale as uh-huh. a joke. Yes, right? yes. So some, you know, cancel culture weirdo rode by on their 10 speed and saw that and like lost their marbles. So mm. they just so happened to be a, a big, you know, activist in that community and protesting, you know, factory farming, the works. Well, they decided they were going to hone in on him and they're going to give him a hard time. So they spent once a week for 11 months, they showed up with bullhorns Mm. and signs and heckled his customers and all that stuff. So it just got to the point where he'd had enough. So, and I give him a lot of credit, you know, what he ended up doing was uh, setting up a table right in the front window of his restaurant went and got a, the hind leg of a deer, butchered it right in the front window in front of them and cooked the steak and ate it right in front of them as a like, <laughs> right, enough is enough. It's a, a big fat middle finger to them, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it, it, it ended up working out in his favor because that move at the moment he felt was going to cost him. He's like, did I just screw up? Yeah. Because then it blew up. Then, yep. uh, you know, every, he was getting messages from all around the world saying, hey man, you know, you, you're, you're evil, this, that, the other thing. So, but you know, the right people got a hold of that story and he ended up on Joe Rogan's podcast. Like he ended up wow. doing the circuit and um, you know, he became kind of like a, a, a folklore hero, you know what I mean? In the hunting community. So it ended up working out in his favor, but he had to pay a drastic price for that. Mm. Um, but you know, a lot, there's a misconception with that as well. I mean, the, the vegan choice is, I've got a tremendous amount of respect because that is not an easy choice to make. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, one of my old coworkers, it was funny. We worked together a lot and she was staunch vegan. 
I'm an outdoorsman who eats, I, I kill what I eat, you know what I mean? Yeah, Not all yeah. of it, but I, I, I eat what I kill, you know? So it was uh, a little sketchy at first, but we ended up becoming good friends and we had a great understanding of each other's culture um, because of open dialogue, you know what I right. mean? And, and I, right. think there, I think we need more of that. Um, right. Whether it's, you know, something you don't understand, you may, you may not like it, but you may not understand it. So you take a few minutes to learn a little bit more about it and you right. might change your mind and you got to be open to letting your mind be changed. Yes, and right. that's one of the, that's why I say a lot of the blowback we get are from other hunters because they refuse to change what they know is gospel. Mm, right. You know what I mean? Right. They don't want to step outside of what their comfort zone is. So, you know, we get a little bit of blowback on that, but I'm okay with that. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause right. Right. You know, you're, you're not going to please all the people all the time, man. And if you're, everyone's happy you're not getting any pushback you're not doing it right yeah yeah right yeah yeah we got a lot of we got some pushback all right but but so yeah so jay just that that story you mentioned that's the one that i'm actually going to put up later on the facebook page from the washington post this was a few years ago it was i think if i'm not mistaken it was back in 2018 so people know uh Mm -hmm. but uh but uh we're gonna put that up because uh, it's yeah. an interesting story and 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 uh you know kudos to chef hunter uh to you i uh, you know this is if i'm not mistaken jay right he's out of uh he's out of uh canada though right um toronto yeah toronto toronto mm-hmm. uh so it's happening in canada too guess what folks <laughs> not just here in the united states it's so. everywhere yeah it's right. everywhere sure. and it's again, everywhere yeah and that stems from a misconception of of what we do yes you know? and right. yes I, I mean if you want us it's you know second half of the, the the podcast we can get into that a little bit more um, and you know, I'd love to share some information, drop some little knowledge bombs on you guys. Oh, that yeah. stuff that, you know, especially in the fishing world, because Ben is such a, a fisherman, you know, there's a, a, a lot of really, uh, cool information that people are just don't know about that is, oh, yeah. I would love you know? to hear it. I would love to hear it. Well, I yep. think we should. Yeah. I, I think we should, Jay. I think, yeah, I think we should. Let's open up. Let's let's take a break here. Let's open up with the second part with that. I, I would love to do that uh, for you. Yeah. To give us some tidbits for you to yeah. just tell, just give us Jay and the Sons of the Hunt and what you guys and what you're all about, please. I, I love uh, to hear all that. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. We're on it. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, just so everybody knows, uh, we're going to take a short break here uh, just so that uh, Ben and Jay know as well that um, my thing, uh, the Zoom records, but it takes a little bit for it to download into the computers. I have to wait till that finishes up. So a couple of minutes and then we'll get back on here, folks, and we will get on here with Jay again. And again, Jay, thanks so much for being with us, man. This is great. This is awesome. Man. Ah, it's a pleasure, man. This yeah, is a blast. Thanks, brother. Yeah, thanks, thanks brother. man. Yeah. Okay. Okay, guys, we're going to stop the recording and then we'll... Hey everybody, welcome back to the East Coast Bros Paul Cast. We have our guests with us, Jay Rodney from Sons of the Hunt. Um, Jay, I uh so glad you could be with us tonight and join yep. us on our show. Uh, very gracious that you took the time out to be with us. Uh, you're a great, 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 great. I know I can emphasize that all wow. night. It just keeps saying great, but you're, you, you, yeah, you're a great guest. And oh yeah, uh, yep. The first half of our show, it, it was it was phenomenal, and uh, you gave a lot of good, um, you know, insight on on what your show is about. Um, the one question I had, I, I I listened to your one episode. It was called the um, oh god, what was it called? I want to get it right because I don't want to screw up the name of the episode, but it was a good episode that I was listening to. 
And I just want to know a little bit more about it because I'm not a big hunter. And, sure. um, uh, God, here we go. Oh, the mock scrape episode. Oh, yeah. What is a scrape? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, a, a scrape is um, a type of deer sign, it's a type of communication that, that uh, white tailed deer will use um you know during various times throughout the year so deer have these little glands in their hooves um that they can mark as they move mm. around they leave a, a trail of scent you know one of the the deer's strongest if not the strongest sense um, a deer has is their sense of smell mm. uh, they use it like we use vision in hearing uh you know they they use the wind to their advantage to seek out their you know, mates, their friends, their enemies, their danger. They use the wind for everything and to sniff it out. So they use scent an awful lot. So, uh, you know, during uh, the fall season, uh, during what they call the rut, the breeding season, um, you know, they will scrape up the ground and they will pee in it, basically. Hmm. Um, they will, the men, the, the men, the males, the, the bucks, they'll, they'll pee on their legs. They have glands on their legs and they'll, they'll, they do all this scent marking, if you will. And that's how they communicate with each other uh, throughout the breeding season. So, you know, certain does that are receptive to breeding will uh, smell differently for the lack of a better term hmm. uh, than one who is not. Um, so that's kind of how they communicate primarily through breeding season, but they do use them throughout the year. So basically it's just a spot. It's like a marking post or a sign, if you will, um, a street sign for us, you know what I mean? A billboard, mm. you know, who's, who's in the area and, uh, and what they're, what they're getting into. So that's basically what it is. And, you know, hunters have developed a, a, a methodology called mock scrapes where you can kind of create your own version of that. Um, where you can dig up the ground and you can use artificial scents. Some will use actual deer urine. Um, it's really hard to chase a deer around and catch its pee. Let me tell you, there's a, that takes a very <laughs> unique individual to, <laughs> no, but you know, there's a lot of deer farms and that's where they usually get that from. But, uh, you know, so it, there's a big market for that too, but you know, one of the great things about doing something like that is, uh, we've utilized uh, what are called game cameras over the years. So it's basically a still camera or a video camera that's motion activated that you can place in the woods somewhere. And when anything walks by, it'll take its picture. So if you find a scrape or you create a mock scrape, you put a camera on that. And anytime the deer visits that scrape, then you can get you know, video or images of, uh, basically it's kind of like doing a little bit of a census, you know what I mean? To see right. what kind of deer are in the yeah. area. Are there more females versus males? Are there, you know, bucks that are worthy, uh, uh, that are older, more mature animals that we would want to pursue? Um, is it all young deer? Is it all, so it just gives us some information. We scout, you know, scouting, um, so it, it's a pretty cool little thing, you know, and, and everyone has their own unique reason for doing it. Um, we do it more for educational purposes. So we'll put some cameras on there and we'll just watch what's coming through. And, wow. you know, I have said it a hundred times before that, you know, you learn a hell of a lot more about deer by watching them than killing them. Right. Once you kill the deer, it's over. Yeah. Right. When, when you observe them, especially when they have no idea you're there. Most people, when they run across deer, the deer are already know that you're there. They either see them running away 
or uh, they notice like they'll look up and the deer's looking at them. To be able to see them and, and, and observe them without them even knowing you're there is priceless when you, you choose to pursue them because you can really see their habits, how they observe their environment, you know, how they sniff the wind and how they travel, what, what type of routes do they prefer? Um, you know, you learn a tremendous amount about them. I mean, I've spent full days in a tree stand, just watching them and not shooting any deer just because you just get sucked in, you know what I mean? You kind of get sucked in in, into their, their life a little bit and you you become a bit of a voyeur to it and and, and it's exciting, you know? And again, and that's another pre, you know, misconception is that we're just out there to kill shit. Right. And, you know, to an extent that's correct, but that's not the, the, the primary motivation. You know what I mean? So there, there's, like I said, there's a lot that goes into it. And, and the, the, the kill aspect is, is a very small uh, percentage of the, the whole activity. And, and, you know, and that's one of the things that I really enjoy talking about because a lot of people, if for, for no other reason than that, they'll go, huh, mm. I didn't even think about that. No. You know what All I mean? Right. Just, just right. the way we observe them. And, you know, the, you know, no, um, the, the, the crazy thing about hunting is, and it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but, you know, by killing deer, we're saving deer. And I know that sounds absurd to even say, um, but, you know, the, the, the conservation aspect of hunting, it's not perfect by any means. But, you know, what else is there? I'll wait because right. there really isn't any other tool out there that comes even remotely close yep. i mean what sucks is that they were here first all right there's no question uh they were here first we intruded on them we've taken up a lot of their environment we've taken up a lot of their habitat so it's because of us that we have to manage their numbers and you right. know we're i mean we've we've reconciled with that we we're okay with that. i'm not okay with it but i'm i understand it let's put it that way you know right. what i mean so the deer have to be managed there's a, a, a carrying capacity in every area where deer live that this area can hold comfortably x amount of animals so when that number becomes exceeded by a tremendous amount of animals well it gets to be very dangerous not only for people via car accidents uh you know your flower garden becomes a victim you know but it becomes very challenging for the animals as well because um you know you think it's bad dying from an arrow or a bullet mother nature man mm. she could give two shits yeah right she is not right. kind yeah right right, yep. right. So to, to die within a 20, 30 second period from a bullet wound or an arrow um, sure as hell beats weeks of starvation or being eaten half alive by a coyote or I'm, I'm not trying to get too graphic, but that's the reality. Right. right. Uh, yep. Yep. Mother, mother nature doesn't care. You know, yep. she's brutal. Right. Brutal. Right. Yep. So, right. um, you know, uh, uh, hunting, I mean, you know, by dying from an arrow or, or a bullet, is um you know it, it's a, a good way to go honestly if i were to choose i'd rather go that way than spend a couple of weeks trying to eat the bark off a tree because i'm starving to death right you know right, what I mean? yeah, right right so to manage the animals in these areas i mean there's i mean there's you know some states have tried things like actually um sterilizing cap capturing animals and sterilizing them and using birth control methods and things of that nature but it turns out a lot of those methods ended up killing the deer anyway 
Mm -hmm. They suffered right. from the, you know, what was supposed to save them actually hurt them. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and it's not only controlling the numbers, you know, one of the, you know, when we try to get outside of our little, you know, uh, world of, of hunting, it's such a rabbit hole. We, we have to kind of pick and choose what kind of information we want to really prioritize when we're talking to people who, who don't really do a lot of the hunting or spending a lot of time outdoors. Um, so one of the things that I think has been the most impactful is, is talking about the financial aspect of it mm -hmm. and what hunting does in that regard. Um, when, when you're talking about like the Pennsylvania fish and boat, when you're talking about the Pennsylvania game commission, um, all, all these, the, you know, these entities they're they don't get tax dollars. So the Pennsylvania game commission, mm -hmm doesn't get state tax dollars, doesn't get, you know, in, in the traditional sense, anyhow, um, all that stuff is paid for by hunters. Mm. So for instance, Ben, you're a big fisherman. So back in, I want to say it was either the late 50, late forties or early fifties. There was a, uh, um, an, an act was put through uh, called the Dingle Johnson act. And what that does is it puts a 15% excise tax on anything that is sold in relation to fishing. So if you buy a fishing rod, if you buy a lure, if you buy a fishing line, waders, anything of that nature, 15% um, of that cost goes to this pot, if you will. And that's where the money comes from to do trout stocking, to mm. do studies on um, salmon migration, to do studies on you know um, algae in the water or where you see where different um, invasive species will pop up and go from watershed to watershed because of a boat picked up an algae in this lake. Then you drop your boat in that lake. And now that algae is in that lake. Um, right. I don't know if you've ever heard of the snakehead, that, that type of fish. Um, that's an invasive species. And that's something that has to be studied and tracked. And the money that's set aside from that Dingle Johnson Act is what pays for all this stuff. So wow. th there's a similar act. It's called the Pittman-Robertson Act. And that's 11% that is self-imposed, by the way. Hunters self-impose this tax on themselves to cover a lot of the costs involved with um, any kind of rehabilitation programs, land procurement, land management, state game lands, um, you know, any kind of wildlife biology surveys. All this stuff has to be paid for. And that is done through... Uh, hunting license sales and the excise tax that's placed on bows and guns and bullets and arrows and hunting clothes, that whole type of thing. So all, and, and that's one thing that people have no idea even exists. So when you, on a good day, the hunting population in the United States is five or 6% of the population. That's a very, very small percentage of the populace. And we, and happily, I might add, we carry the load uh, the financial load of the entire program, you know, five, 6% of the, of the population pays for all of this. Wow. And, and we do so happily. But again, it's one of those things that people have no idea when they hear that they're like, okay, well, you know, you just see the deer hanging in the tree, like we talked about in the mm. first half, and that's all you know about it. Well, you know, the deer hanging in the trees a little easier to get past when you understand what went into hanging that deer in the tree, that all pays for 
the programs that keep these animals alive and keep them safe. I mean, and it's not even just the deer, it's non-huntable species, you know, songbirds, uh, honeybees, mm. all these things, they, these, all these animals and these birds and these insects, they all benefit from those programs, even though it's not directly meant for them by improving habitat for white-tailed deer for uh, the eastern wild turkey um you know the grouse you know those type of things you're directly impacting the habitats of non-huntable species and you know so the 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 hunter dollar goes a very very long way because hunters realized back in you know let's say back in like the probably about two or three hundred years ago we had a huge influx of of migrants from like european migrants and when you got to this country back then, there were herds of buffalo that went for 20 miles. Mm, so right, the right. thought process was, this is a resource that will never run dry. Right. So right. there was yeah. no game commission. There were no game laws. There was no bag limits. So what happened was between market hunting and subsistence hunting, I mean, we just obliterated the wildlife of this country. Mm. So at a time when there really wasn't a lot of animals to hunt, you know, Teddy Roosevelt, I mean, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of these guys that started these programs, um, they looked around and went, well, we're going to have a big problem soon if we don't do something. Mm. And that's right. where all these programs came from, the, the national parks, um, Pittman Robertson, like all the Dingle Johnson Act, all these things were put forward by outdoorsmen um, to try and save what was left. And now we have a huntable population of elk. In Pennsylvania, mm. a lot of people uh, don't even know there's elk in PA. Yeah, uh, no, 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 no. Some of the biggest elk in the world live in Pennsylvania. Huh. Wow, people have no idea. Yeah, you know. So, I mean, there there were very few elk left. Period. And hunter dollars brought those elk back, brought the white-tailed deer back, brought the turkey back, the uh, pronghorn antelope, the black bear. Uh, all these animals were restored and brought back to a healthy population because of hunters, because of what we do to kill a single animal. Mm. You know, uh, yeah. there's a, a, a guy, his name is Stephen Ranella. He's a, a pretty big name now in, in the hunting community because he's kind of a pioneer in what Mark and I are also trying to accomplish. And that's changing the, the perception of, of what hunting is and, and putting a positive spin. We're not just out there, bunch of redneck hillbillies swilling beer and shooting anything that moves because, mm. you know, Elmer Fudd did not do us <laughs> a yeah. solid service. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. So there's this stereotype, you know what I mean? So you know, he, he was one of the first guys, not the first, but you know, there's a lot of guys out there do it, but he's probably the biggest name out there that has really been successful and bringing non-hunters into the mix and showing them what it's all about. Mm. Um, and, nice. you know, yeah. one of the things that he said was, you know, I, I love the idea of deer more than I love a deer. Mm. So by killing one animal, the amount of money you spent on that license, on the clothes you're wearing, the gun you're carrying, the bullets you're shooting, the, the gas you paid for to drive there, the hotel you stayed in, um, you know, we contribute hundreds of millions of dollars a year. We're almost at, I think, $3 trillion overall in the amount of wow. money that we have contributed wow, yeah. to. And that's just hunting stuff. That's not gas and restaurants that we stopped to eat in, hotels right. we stopped to stay in, you know, the state taxes we pay for out of area hunting. You know, there's a lot that goes on. I mean, to give you an idea, in 2020, 
the Pittman Robertson Act uh, raised $600 million in one year and dispensed that throughout the country for wildlife research, habitat, that type of thing. And uh, as a fisherman, Ben, Dingle Johnson, that came up with well over 300 million, almost $400 million that was spun back into the country and to state by state to uh, supplement you know, uh, trout stocking and all these right, you know, right. biology projects and these research projects to help keep these clean waterways uh, available right. to us. Right. So, you know, there's a, a lot that goes on behind the scenes that people don't realize that if it weren't for us, it wouldn't happen. You know, right. not, to pat yeah. us, not to pat on the back, but to, that's the reality of it. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people who think they're doing us, you know, these animals a, a, a service by carrying a sign outside of a supermarket or outside of a restaurant or to, to you know, protest. But what are you doing besides that? Right. What, are you, yeah, right. what are you doing to better the situation for these animals? I mean, we're doing a we're we're doing a hell of a lot by killing one animal. We're saving dozens. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, and you know, and to put that in perspective, Jay, too, you talk about again the population and about what percentage you say, Jay, is is uh is hunting about five six percent? You said. Yep, that's about it. About that. So you put that in perspective: three hundred and fifty-two million people in the United States. And that means basically out of that, that's only 17 million people that are, that are taking care of our wildlife. That's, that's correct. You know, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's pretty big. <laughs> that's pretty big. It, it's really big. And it's big on both sides because, yeah. you know, for us being such a small population, we have to rely on the other 95% of the population to basically allow us to do what we do. Yes. So right. if it's put to a vote, and 95% of the population says, I don't like hunting because I don't like seeing deer hanging in trees. We're screwed. Yeah, right. And not only are we screwed, but so are the deer, the turkey, the songbirds, the, you name it. Yes. The list goes on. Yeah. Right. So right. By, by taking a different route, if you will, and taking a, a, a different direction with what Mark and I have been doing with Sons of the Hunt, I mean, we're not the only ones doing it. I mean, it's a big, it's, it's a part of a pretty large movement that's been happening. Um, but there's not enough. We need more. You right. know? So what, by doing what we do and trying to put a positive spin on this and, um, you know, get, let people know that we're not just a bunch of crazy people out there to murder animals. We don't hate animals. Hell, I've forgotten more about white-tailed deer than most people know about them. Right. You know right. what I mean? Because mm, I right. pursue them. Right. Um, you know, so it's one of those things that's, it's, it, it sounds counterintuitive that I kill something that I love, but I kill them because I love them. You know, yeah, exactly. and they taste yeah. freaking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not my fault if they didn't <laughs> taste so damn good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have a friend, uh, my, my friend Gussie, him and his brother, they hunt, and, and when they end up shooting a buck or a doe, whatever, whatever yeah. type of season it is, he always throws me some venison and he's like, man, taste this tonight. And I, and I'll cook it up. I'm like, wow, that is amazing. Yeah, it is. I've had, yeah, I've had my share too. It is very good. Yes. Yeah. It really is. And and it's, you don't get much, you know, when you talk about 
the, the organic food movement and the field to plate and the way the pandemic has been, I mean, it's really changed a lot of people's perspectives on where their food, for their food comes from. I right. mean, there's food shortages. I mean, right. good thing you can't make toilet paper out of squirrels because we'd really be screwed. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, it's just it's one of those things where you know you start going and meat prices are skyrocketing right now because yeah. of availability. So more people are starting to turn to, well, maybe I should get a hunting license. Maybe I, I you know, for a couple of bucks, you know, you get a hunting license if you already have a firearm or a weapon laying around and you're like, eh, well, maybe I'll get out there, maybe I can get myself, you know, 50, 60, 70 pounds of meat off of one deer. I mean, that's a pretty good score, you know, in one yeah. shot. So yeah. You know, it's, it's, and a lot of people, it's not so much the availability. It's, they just want, they don't want to deal with the factory farming. I mean, I hate the idea of factory farming, but right. my family and I eat meat. So we don't really have an, a choice, but to kind of pander to that right. uh, as much as we dislike it. But right. if I can bring in clean, organic, extremely healthy food to my family by going out and doing what I love to do anyhow, man, that's win-win. Yeah. So, and, and it's extremely delicious. I'll send you guys some pictures of some of the dishes that we cook because we take it to the next level, man. Mark, Mark owned a restaurant for a few years. Mm -hmm. I spent 20 years working in restaurants. So I've, I've developed a, a, a pretty good knack for uh, putting out a pretty sweet dish every now and again. So, you know, we, we try to use that as an example of what this can potentially become for people, you yeah. know, and uh, it, it's, it's just been a, a hell of a ride. And uh, it's been very rewarding, but it's been very challenging because mm. being such a polarizing topic, it can be downright dangerous. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Sticking your neck right. out for something like this. Yes. Yes. All right. So, Jay, let me ask you this. You said yeah. uh, go out 50, 60, 70 pounds of meat. Uh, how long how how long will that feed your family? Like you go out and you shoot a nice buck. What how many meals can you get? Like what's the what's the medium on that? Uh, well, it, it can vary, but for the most part, I can get several months out of one animal, um, wow. Wow. You know, but, but I use everything, um, anything that's usable. I use it. The only thing I don't use is the hide because it is usable, but I just, I, I, I have no use for it. Um, right. and honestly, right. the, the, the cost involved with preserving it outweighs its utility. So, um, but I mean the bones, I keep the bones and make stock. I eat the heart. Um, we use, uh, just about every aspect of it. I mean, call fat. I mean, there's people that would pay good money for call fat from a, a pig and you can get it for free out of a deer. You know what uh, I mean? It, uh. it, it, there's, there's so many aspects of it that you can use it for. You can use deer tallow and you can waterproof your boots with it. Like there's mm. so many, you can make soap out of it. There's so many things you can yeah. do with it well, that, yeah. you know, it's not just a burger or a steak. Um, but again, that comes into the educational side of it and, and, and putting that out there and making people aware of it because awareness is what's going to change someone's mind. Right. You know, right. Not a lot of people will change their mind because I said so. People could give two shits what I say, but when yeah, they right. realize what I say makes sense and they become aware uh, of a change in something that's, you know, uh, that just they can't ignore the factor that it makes sense. That's what's going to change minds. Yeah. Right. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we, we can get a good, a good bit, you know, and, and if you're fortunate, you can shoot several deer a year, the way the system is set up. So, mm. you know, if you're fortunate, you get two or three deer that could take you through the fall, the winter and into spring. Wow. You know? yeah. 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 Nice. Nice. Yeah. And huh. That's just deer. I mean, that's we have deer. turkey, right. we have small game. 
Um, and then right. fishing. I mean, you could take trout, bass, perch, and you know, we just did a. There's the one of the not to get off on a, a, bit, a bit of a different direction, but um, we've been pretty slow in putting out podcasts this season. But there's a reason for it. We've got a lot of uh, projects brewing right now, and and we're working on some more video content and some big scale video stuff. And one of the things we did recently was we took a a, a, a local uh, chef and owner of a really great restaurant up in Honesdale. It's called Native. Uh, beautiful restaurant. Really incredible food. Uh, we became friends with uh, with Caleb. The chef Caleb Johnson is his name. And we decided we're going to take him out ice fishing. We set up on the ice, full production gear, lights, cameras, tents, the whole deal. We went ice fishing, caught fish, and cooked a cooking show, did a cooking show, filmed it right on the ice. Wow. Nice. And, you know, doing something like that is, is like, it's, there's not a whole lot like that out there. There is, but it's not commonplace so you know it's something that we're trying to focus on bringing our message through video more so than the audio and blending it uh but again finding time to do both is a little challenging when you lead the lives that we do i mean mark yeah. mark works for a, a very large utility in pennsylvania utility company so and he's a he's he's kind of high up there he's a superintendent for a, a local utility so oh, wow. i mean he's on call 24 7 sometimes right so, yeah, right you know, right uh, finding the time to edit video, write scripts, uh, do podcasts, record, edit, uh, you know, do stuff like this. You know what I mean? It, it, it takes time. And, and so there's only so many hours in a day, you know, so we've, we've come off a little slow on the podcast, but we've built such a, a, a incredible audience over the last three seasons that it's kind of sustainable right now. Right. Um, right. You know, right. but it's just, you know, there's a lot of things out there that people just don't know about. And if we can change it up a little bit and bring those to the forefront, prioritize that type of, of, of content, I mean, it's going to help us all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah that's yeah. great. Yeah. 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 Like, and like I yeah. said, Jay, uh, again, you guys take that whole video thing to a whole new level. It's just unbelievable. Uh, We're so, just getting yeah, warmed so, up. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. I'm, I'm really excited about this now. You know, you guys gave me a reason to uh, want to go on here. I tell you, man, this is great. This is great. Uh, hey, Jay, real quick, quick question for you. You mentioned one of your podcasts that you, Mark, had mentioned about having a bucket list and what you wanted to hunt. And you had mentioned uh, uh, mule deer and you mentioned elk, as you mentioned earlier, elk, um, moose elk, elk, no, PA elk. Yes. So let, me, so let me quickly ask you, have you reached those goals yet or are they still on your bucket list? Still on the bucket list, still <laughs> okay. on the bucket list. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's... It, and it's, it's more, uh, there's a little bit more to it. You know, I mean, I'd love to, uh, go out West and, and shoot a mule deer. My, my father spent his last days out West. Okay. Um, and you know, the mule deer lives out West. It was a big part of, uh, you know, kind of his life out there. Um, and it's just a, it's just a beautiful animal. I I'm just a big fan of them. Um, but it's, it, when I say I want to pursue these animals, it's not because I want to hang their head on the wall. No, if you no, went in my house, no. if you walked through the door of my house, you'd never know I was a hunter. Yeah. There's yep. not a head on the wall. There's nothing, no pictures hanging on the walls. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just not my bag. 
You know what right, I mean? I'm, right. I mean, my son has some turkey tails in his bedroom where he's had some success killing some turkeys. So, you know, I, I put the tail up on stuff like that for him, you know, but you know, some people you walk in the house and there's deer heads everywhere. And, right. and that's yep. awesome. I'm a big fan of that. I mean, cause there's always a story to go with each one of those heads. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, uh, right. It's, it's not so much the trophy aspect as it is the memory of an accomplishment. Um, but you know, it, it's one of those things that I want to, I want the memory of that. You know, I want to go shoot a Pennsylvania elk with my grandfather's rifle. So I inherited my grandfather's rifle. Mm -hmm. yep. um, so to right. be able, and he was always a huge fan of elk. He loved elk and he had pictures of them around his house. He was just a fan of the, of the animal. And, but back then in the, in the eighties, you know, there was no huntable population in Pennsylvania. I mean, we were not able to hunt elk in PA until I think it was like 2001. Oh, wow. Uh, it, it just oh, took wow. that long to bring wow. them back to a population that could sustain a hunting season. Huh. So, you know, and he was long gone at that point. So it was, it would be a bit of a connection to that era for me to be able to go and hunt, a, not just any elk, a Pennsylvania elk, mm -hmm. you know, right. I, mean, I can go right. out to Colorado or Montana or Wyoming and pay somebody five grand. They'll take me out and point at the elk and shoot that one. Right. But right. that's, that's, it's not something that I would, that would touch my heart the way I want it to, if that right. makes sense. Right. You know what I mean? No, it, it does. does. Yeah. It does. It does. Yeah. It's and like, again, same thing about, wrong like with that, but yeah. Same thing would be like a fisherman, like uh, going out to Jer South Jersey or going up to Rhode Island where Matt lives and getting a charter boat. And they're going to take me exactly where they know the fish are at. No, cast there. You're going to get your nice striper. Right. It's not the I mean, same thing as going out there on your own. Right. And, that, and that's it. Now, don't get me wrong. Getting on a charter boat and going after those stripers, you're like, man, you're just ringing them in all day long. That's a right. blast. It's it a is. Lot of no, fun. it is. It is. You it know is. what I mean? And it's the same thing with, you know, booking a guided hunt out West. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. Some friends of mine, I mean, Mark just went out to uh, Montana with his father this last fall. I mean, right. they had a wonderful trip. And, and the thing is, they, they didn't kill a single elk. They didn't kill anything. But right. it was one of the best trips they've ever had. Mm. Because when, when you hang your hat on that fraction of a moment of success being the kill, you're missing out. You know, mm -hmm. you're missing out yeah. on the whole deal. You know what I mean? So yeah. by being out there and seeing what you're able to, I mean, I learn something every time I go out. Mm. You know, but it, it, it's that's because that's where I am in my hunting career and where I am in my life. I'm in my forties. Now, when I was a kid, when I went out, my goal was, I got to kill some. That's because right. that's what you, that's what hunting is to you. You're right. going out to, to hunt something and kill it. And if right. you don't kill something, you feel like you failed. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And that's right. just part of, that's part of growing as a hunter. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's, so again, I'm not knocking on that. It's just, that's how it is. And as you grow older, you start to gain life experience and start to realize it's, you know, there's more to be had than just this hyper-focused little moment. Uh, you start seeing, you know, different animals that you wouldn't normally see. I've been able to see all different types of animals from fox to bobcats to fishers. Um, I, I watched an owl. I mean, it was, it's a weird story, but you know, I watched an owl snatch a red squirrel off the ground once in front of me at a tree stand. And it was a, a, a weird thing because I'd spent a whole week in that same stand. And mm. I saw that squirrel every single day, all, all right. day. 
<laughs> getting ready right. for winter, storing yeah. nuts in up the tree, down the tree, up the tree, right. down the tree. And I started right. to like build a little bit of a weird relationship with this squirrel <laughs> because I'd seen him so often, you know, yeah. and uh, it was like the fifth or sixth day in, you know, I'm sitting in my stand and I, I see this flash of a shadow and I look up and by the time I looked up, I didn't see anything. And when I looked down, the owl was already on that squirrel. Wow. Right. And because right. they're so quiet when they fly, you know. Yeah. Got the squirrel, flew off. So all the work that that squirrel had been doing was for nothing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And it broke my heart. I was like, damn, that sucks. (laughs) I felt so bad for that little red squirrel. You know what I mean? But it's like, you know, but I got to see that interaction and I was outside of this circle of life. I wasn't necessarily part of it. So I was a spectator to that whole ordeal and it just opens up so much. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and it's how you take the lessons you learn in the woods and how do you apply that to your everyday life with right. patience, with mm. empathy, with right. you know, sticking at it. I mean, I don't know how many times I've spent days in the woods where I was so damn cold and uncomfortable and it just sucked. But I knew the second I got up to leave, I was going to miss out. You know what I mean? And I right. stuck it out and, and it paid off for me. And then you right. get into a situation in life where you're in a job that sucks, but you know, if you just suck it up and you power through <laughs> for a couple more months, you might yeah. have a shot at a promotion that's going to make yeah. your life better. You know, yeah. so it's, you can translate a lot of those lessons that you learn in the outdoors and you can translate them in everyday life and use it as an example to teach your children, to teach your friends, to set an example for those around you, you know? All right. Awesome. It's just a great opportunity. Yeah. You know, it's a great opportunity to, to be able to have the awareness to look at it from that perspective. Yeah. 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 Wow. Lots of words of wisdom, man. You you you're really giving it to us. Well, like I said, I have to prioritize <laughs> when I, I get hear an you. opportunity. I hear like you. This, you know? <laughs> yeah, but you're 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 giving us some really good background on, on the whole subject, man. It's great. I love it. Well, yeah. And again, Mark, Mark is, is, is very, you know, uh, he, he runs right alongside me in, in, in our, uh, our opinions on things. And, you know, we're, we're very parallel in how we feel about things. And that's what it's just one of those things that just per chance we happen to become friends. And this has grown because of our, our beliefs are so similar, um, you know, and we have such a, a great appreciation for everything. And we just want to share that with people. So it just, like I said, it's one of those freak things that we just happen to align with each other. And it's right. been an absolute blessing and that we've been as successful at it as we have. And right. again, we're, yeah. we're not blowing it up by any means. And, you know, like you guys are always talking, like, you know, you don't make any money on it or anything like that. Well, neither do we, you know, we've had opportunities to pick up sponsors here and there, but yeah, you know, again, we have a, a, a goal in mind and that would detract from what we want to do. So we try not to get distracted with stuff like that because that can detract from the message we're trying to put out there. Once you align with somebody who starts to financially contribute to your message, they have a little bit more say in that message. Mm, yeah. So don't, yeah. don't be, a, don't, don't, you know, worry too much about that part of it. Do what you do what it is you love because you love it. That's right. You right. Know? right. And, 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 yeah. and when people pick up on that, and they start to see how much respect you guys have for each other as brothers and what a good conversation you guys have. I mean, when I listen back to what you guys thinking of, you know, talking about your old Christmases and when you guys were kids and stuff like that, that, that touches me in, in, a, in a special way because of, you know, my childhood and my brother and my mom and those Christmases and those memories that, you know what I mean? So it, it's, you guys have something really special going that is unique. And, um, you know, just stick with that because if you start to change it because you want to attract a certain type of person, you're going to lose the people who matter. 
you know, the fans that are there because of who you are might go, well, it's not the same. And they may bail. And those people that you attract because you wanted to attract them, they're not going to hang around either. So you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. And that's one thing that we've done. I mean, we've pissed off some people in the industry that, you know, could potentially help us, but we just don't, our messages don't align. Right. So I don't, I don't agree with that. You know, I mean, if you tell somebody who's never hunted, go put on the outdoor network or the outdoor channel and watch a television show, they're going to be like, what the hell am I watching? these guys are like yeah booyah baby smoked them blah is that necessary you know what i mean but to a hunter to somebody who hunts that's not out of the ordinary that's something that's you know it's like oh okay that's what the industry is telling me i should be doing that's what the industry tells me i should do and you know one of the worst thing that's ever happened to hunting is hunting television Mm, because it 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 builds that stigma it builds that stereotype that we're trying to avoid um, and you know, somebody who sees that, who's never seen it before, that's their first introduction to hunting. They're like, these guys are a bunch of ass clowns. Like, <laughs> right, right. Wh- what the hell is this? They got crazy paint all over their face and they're yelling all these crazy phrases and a- every word out of their mouth is a brand name. It just, it tarnishes it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we, we there's a pl- plenty of companies we could have aligned with, but because they, you know, kind of fit that description, we're like, mm. Not our bag, man. You know, yeah, sure. Right. It would have benefited us. We could have bought more equipment. We could have expedited some of the processes and how we've learned things, but at what cost, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 No, I'm going to, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah Jay, I'm just a fact alone. You guys stay true to yourselves, which you can see that from the very beginning until much, you know, uh, um, episodes you have now that you guys have always stayed true to yourselves, you and Mark. And that, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. And, I think in the beginning, Ben and I, when we started doing this, just the two of us, we were trying to find our way and, and we kind of wrestle with that. Do we want to pretend one of us want to be more far left, far right, and just kind of get a crowd in here and, uh, yeah. and, then, and we didn't. And then I think we, we tried, we did that. And we said, you know what, like you said, Jay, like it's just not attracting what we want and we're losing the people that right. we love. So right. that's just not, that's not what we want to do here. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Just be, let's just be ourselves and just have fun. Like, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it, man. Yeah, that's yeah, it. You know, yeah. a, a lot of people are so afraid at sucking at something that they won't do it. Right. Yeah. Right. You, right. you know what I mean? Listen, we, we weren't very good at it either. We had no idea what the hell we were doing. I mean, we were just like, Mark's like, I bought a couple of microphones. Let's talk at them. I'm like, all right, how the hell are we going to record that? I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? And it just yeah. became like he had a good idea as to what he wanted to do, but trying right. to accomplish that was the challenge. Right. So, you know, we just learned. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, we're down to a minute. Okay, uh, so yeah, so I don't know. Um, hey, again, I don't. Uh, I guess you want we can cut it off, or we can go back to uh, Jay. I know you want you give us a lot of good words of wisdom. And I don't know if you have more to give. <laughs> or well, let's maybe we'll do another episode. Do another, another episode, time. Yeah. right? All right, good. Well, so, so, so small. So Jay, yeah, Jay, so before, Jay, so Jay, before, give give the audience where where can we catch you at? Like I know Spotify you have episodes. Where else can we catch you right now? Yeah, Facebook is our home base. Sons of the Hunt on Facebook. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel. Needs a little bit of work, but we're getting there. Um, Instagram, uh, all the usuals, Spotify, nice. Uh, nice. SoundCloud, you know, all those, yeah. uh, Stitcher, yeah. um, right. you know. So, yeah, just not hard. Facebook is the, probably the, the place to see most of our content, though. Nice. Yeah. And we'll post, that, we'll post that on our page. We'll yeah. make sure yeah. that they have access. All right. 
Hey, everybody. Well, that concludes our episode with uh, Jay Rodney, one of the co-hosts from Sons and On. I hope you enjoyed the episode. He is a great guest. We hope to have you back again, Jay. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. And hey, Matt, you have any uh, a recap on the uh, tonight's episode? Oh, no, I was like you said, it was it was great. Uh, Jay, Phenomenal. again, again, I, again, I never met. Never met Jay until tonight. Great guy. Great guy. As, as I said, I've been listening to I've been listening and watching the podcast for a while, for a few weeks now, since you told me about about Sons of the Hunt. Um, right. And uh, and I, they were good. They were they were they're good on their podcast. They're good on oh. they're good on their videos. I um, mean, I yeah, mean, they're they great. Brought, you know, they they brought a whole new element to to our show. Um, and I loved what I loved what everything Jay, Jay said. Uh, they're conservative conservative. I can't even say it. I can't talk now conservationalism and all the right. stuff that they do uh to bring awareness to hunting uh because right. again like jay said i'm one of those people exactly i'd have no no uh, uh introduction to hunting as you know ben we we never had any of that stuff right and you have more you camp and stuff like that you like that stuff i don't oh, i love it i don't like it <laughs> so so but jay was kind enough that jay was to sit there and, and, and explain to us hunting and what it means and and i i if people listening to this episode don't get all that i don't know what to tell you <laughs> yeah because because he, he yeah yeah he really put it in the, in the perspective for he me. did he did yeah he did and and the podcast it, it, are the same way about, it's not about just going out there killing a deer like there's right. so many aspects to yes. it that he brought to my attention i was just sitting here in awe listening yeah. to him yeah oh yeah me too i mean both of us are just kind of like holy crap and then time yeah. was running out on that last yeah. one and we were like oh crap Benji, I, we have I, one minute left yeah, I just I just really hope that people listen to this episode, especially hunters, and they get because they know their stuff. Oh. And Jay know, Jay knows his stuff. I mean, he he is he is great. He's great. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I and, hope and, I hope we could bring him on again sometime. I hope so. Maybe maybe uh both if, if both maybe one day and then get all four of us on to it at the same oh, yeah. time. Oh yeah, that would be yeah, yeah. You know, and he, you know him and Mark and then Tim and Nate get on and all of us get on here as as, as yeah. Jay said. You know, we love we like doing this because we like doing it. Not we don't make any money. And we just right. love doing it. And just like Jay said, they, they, which I never knew. I had no idea. I had no idea that the population of hunters was so, was so small. I didn't know that. I either. had no idea. Say five percent. Yeah, I had no idea. That's yeah. That blew crazy. my mind when he said that. That's only seventeen yeah. million people out of three hundred and fifty something million people in the United yeah. States. That's yeah. crazy, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and there's a and there's a reason for it. It's not about just going out there killing them. There's a reason for it. Yeah. Like he said, he has love for the animal. He yeah. has so much love yeah. for the animal. Yeah. So, I mean, it was really interesting to hear all that. And yep. I, yeah. I'm, I'm just really happy and honored to have him on our podcast. Oh, definitely. I'm, and I'm so glad we were able to do it, Ben. I, mean, I know we talked about it for a while. Like Jay Silly, we're trying to, you, you guys are trying to get this whole thing coordinated for a while now. Right. I'm just right. glad that we did it. And um, I'm so glad that he was uh, willing to come on and, and be a gracious yeah. host, a gracious guest as he was. Uh, yeah. So again, Jay, thanks a lot, buddy, for taking the time. First of all, away from your family to do this uh, at um, at almost nine o'clock at night. Right, um, right. You know, during dinner time, you you know you you stood you spent your dinner with us and right. um, and you're and away from your family. So we want to thank you for that, buddy. Yeah. Um, so again, thanks a lot, Jay. Get you on soon. Hopefully, get get us all on sometime. Uh, hey, Ben. So um, yeah. So what else is going on with you? Anything happening with you? No, same yeah. thing. Work, school, work, yeah. school, repeat. Yeah, sleep, yeah, same repeat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. <laughs> I hear that, brother. I hear that. Well, yeah, but it was a good podcast. And, it was great. Uh, it was really good. Yeah. Excellent podcast. Yeah, yeah. excellent. And, and and hoping too, we're hoping to get some other, 
maybe some other guests too on, on the show, uh, uh, talking about uh, possibly trying to get Sean McFadden back on. There we go. I think yeah. he's had a fight. I think he's had another fight, didn't he? He did. He, won. he did. So yeah. trying to get Sean back on. I think yeah. the possibility of somebody had mentioned, I have no idea if it's ever going to happen, of talking about uh, uh, getting uh, Gene Reed on, who's the that Irish would be boxing cool. club. Uh, oh, 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 he runs that thing. Yeah. Gene's a great that, guy, another boxer. Yeah. That'd and Ben's cool. got some other Ben. Ben has some other ideas. I I don't know anybody, so I don't have anybody to bring on. So well, like you know. Jay said, Jay put it in perspective. It's about the love, and and it's about us coming together as brothers, not so much as the guests. Right, it's about right. Do what we love and being together, and that's what it should be about. So right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So it was a great. Yeah, so like you said, man, it was a great episode. We had uh, it was yes, a great it time. Was. It was great. Hopefully people will listen out there. So uh, everybody, uh, uh, as Jay was saying before the end, he was telling you all the platforms that they're on. Um, uh, but I know for a fact that if you go into your, if you type in Sons of the Hunt on a search bar, it'll bring up the Facebook page link will come up. I've yeah. done it. Yeah. And also, and also if you go into the URL bar and put in all one word, sonsofthehunt.com, right. um, it will actually bring up, it, it'll bring it to, to their web. There's like a web page. But the web page is only it is there's a link that clicks you to the Facebook page. Right. So it's very simple. Go on to the URL link up top, put in sonsofthehunt.com, all one word. Right. Hit, hit enter. That'll bring it to the main page, which is beautiful picture they have on there. And it yeah. says enter the Facebook page. You click on there, it brings you right to their Sons of the Hunt podcast. And we hope that people out there will listen. Uh, to the podcast so that's great there you yeah. go yeah there you go and as far as we go let us know if you like the show uh east coast bros 2 at gmail.com east coast bros 2 at gmail.com let us know if you all thought about the show yep any other words any lasting words ben you got before we go no i just want to tell everybody have a great night great show and uh, yeah that's it good and again thanks a lot jay we appreciate it jay rogers yep. from sons of the hunt uh sons of the hunt. two years Check in a row out. best podcast in northeast pa two years in a row yeah. All right, buddy. All right, All man. Right. I'm, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this thing uploaded and then I'll let you know when it's all ready, okay? Nice. Thanks, bro. All right, man. Love you, bro. All right. Have a good night. All right, man. Good night, man. Love you. Love, Love you. Love you, man. Bye bye. <laughs>